listening to Northwest Chinese Baptist Church Podcast. To learn more about Northwest, including our gathering time, visit us at nwcbc.org. Today's speaker will be Pastor Stephen Yi. Well, good morning, Northwest. Uh, good morning, dear family and friends. I bring you good news of great joy for all people. A Savior was born to you on Christmas Day. He is the Messiah. He is the Lord. He is Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. And so I say Merry Christmas to all of you, dear family and dear friends. Merry Christmas to you and your family. What a blessing it is to be here gathered together with all of you in person and those of you joining us online, welcome. Welcome to Northwest Chinese Baptist Church. We are so glad that you are here. And uh, a little housekeeping here. If you could, please fill out that piece of paper that you were given with your contact info. We won't spam you, not yet. Um, But we, no, we really just want to use this Uh, just in case we need to send out any notifications to you and so that we have your accurate information. So if you could, please fill that out. If you didn't get one, you can grab one later, fill it out, drop it in the basket, or drop it in the the black offering boxes uh, in the the lobby out there. But uh, thank you for being here. Uh, Before we get into God's word this morning, I want to take a moment to consider how God is leading each one of you, each one of us to give. And I know uh, because uh, of this time that we find ourselves in, we're, we're no longer going to pass the offering plates. But, but I do want to take this time uh, to give us a moment to consider how God is calling you to give. And if you're a guest here, if this is your first time here, I, w- I want you uh, to not worry about giving. I, I want to invite you to consider making Northwest your home church and being a part of the exciting things that God is doing in and through all of our dear church family members here. But for my dear brothers and sisters in Christ, we know that giving is a, is a part of our worship to God. We know that every good and perfect gift is from Him. All that we have is all His, and we are simply stewards. So we give. We give in obedience. We give in worship. We give with cheerfulness, and we give our best. And so there's two main ways that you can give if God is leading you to give. You can simply give by putting your giving in an envelope and dropping it in one of the offering boxes out there as you leave, uh, as you exit today. Or you can give electronically through Zelle at this email address, giving at northwestnwcbc.org. Would you please join me in a word of prayer? Heavenly Father God, we praise you. You are the creator of the heavens and the earth. You are God Almighty. You are the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Savior of the world. And God, we thank you for your great love for us. We thank you for demonstrating your love to us through your one and only Son, Jesus Christ, who came, died on the cross, and rose from the dead so that we could have forgiveness of sin, so that we can, our relationship with you could be made right. Thank you, Jesus, for coming, for sacrificing, and for saving us. And God, I pray that as we consider the greatest gift of you 
that you gave us. You gave us yourself. As we consider you, God, that, God, you would also lead us to give, to give cheerfully, to give our best, to give in obedience and in worship to you. Thank you, God, for being so good to each one of us. And I thank you, God, for each person joining us this morning, here in person and those joining online. God, thank you for your amazing grace that we just sang a song about. Thank you, God, for being so good. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as I was uh, preparing uh, for today, I came upon uh, this, this, this excerpt from a pastor. And he wrote this as he was thinking about the trials and the struggles that we face as a nation, as a world. And he shares this kind of collection of voices of people that have a troubled heart, people that are struggling and wrestling uh, with difficulties. And so he writes this. He writes, our home is a war zone. Don't talk to me about international war. I want to know how we can find peace in our family. I'm a rape victim. How can I ever get over my memories or my horrible fears? I've lost my job and may lose my home. Don't tell me about Wall Street blues. How can I raise decent kids when they're surrounded by bad influences? I'm more worried about what's polluting the minds of my children. We have a nice home and cars. You'd think I would be happy, but I feel empty. I'm not sure of my husband anymore, and I'm lonely. See, and this author, this writer goes on to share, he writes this, at that time, few of us thought the world could get much worse and survive. I was wrong. In many ways, the world has gotten worse and we have survived, but we are a world that is in pain. A world that suffers collectively from the violence of nature and man, and a world that suffers individually from personal heartache. You see, Billy Graham wrote this back in 1965. And as I look at this, I think about, has our world changed since then? And I want to ask you, dear friends, brothers and sisters, today, as we consider God's word, as we consider this, these, this author's words, what is it that makes your heart ache? What is it that makes your heart ache today? Because the truth is this. Our world and our lives are broken because of sin. There will always be sickness and death. There will always be hurt and sadness. There will always be conflict and pain. This is the reality of our lives here on earth. And God knows this. God knows our struggle. God knows your pain. And you know what he did? He provided perfectly for our problems through his one and only son, Jesus Christ, who came over 2,000 years ago. And because Jesus came and died on the cross and rose from the dead, we can have hope. You see, Jesus knew the brokenness and troubled hearts of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, as we're going to look at again in the Bible, as they condemned Jesus for spending time with the tax collectors and the sinners, the outcasts of society. He shared with them these parables 
that we've been studying for the past couple of weeks. And now, as we look at Luke chapter 15, verses 11 through 32, we're going to look at this third parable, the parable of the lost son, as Larry mentioned to us. And so I want to read this to you. I know it's a little long, but we're going to look, if you can, look at your Bible and look up on the screen at Luke chapter 15, verses 11 through 32. Jesus telling these parables, these stories, to the Pharisees and the tax collectors. Luke chapter 15, verses 11 through 32. And many of you may be very familiar with this parable. Let's follow along silently as I read out loud. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had and set off for a distant country and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am, starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. And he ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to his father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. And meanwhile, the older son was in the field. While he, he came, when he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him, what was going on? Your brother has come, he replied. And your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother came, became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, look. All these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders, yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes come, comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him? My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. You see, in each of these parables that we've been studying in Luke chapter 15, we see someone or something that is lost and we see someone rescues and receives that which is lost. And again, we know because of our sin, 
We are those. We are the ones that are lost in these parables. We are lost in our sin, and Jesus is the one who came to rescue and receive us. And so I want you to consider, dear friends, what, what, what is it that, that we lose when we are lost? What is it that I lose when I am lost? And when you consider these parables, like a lost sheep, and the first point in your outline, if you like to write things down, you can write this. Like a lost sheep, I lose my way. When I am lost, I lose my way. When you look at Luke chapter 15, we see these three parables, these stories that Jesus is sharing with the Pharisees and the makers of the law, teachers of the law, these religious leaders. And what is Jesus trying to do? Jesus is trying to show them their own hearts, to show them their own unrighteousness, their own sin, their broken, aching hearts apart from a saving faith in him. He tells this story, right, of the sheep that, that is lost. Out of a hundred sheep, there's one that, that goes off and is lost and how this good shepherd leaves the flock and goes to rescue that one sheep. And what does that shepherd do? He rescues the sheep and he throws a party to celebrate. Now, what do we know about sheep? Does anybody own a sheep here? A few of you. No, nobody does. We all know that sheep aren't the brightest animals in God's creation because sheep have a tendency to do dumb things. And my wife, Debbie, uh, recently uh, made me aware of this funny video that is going viral. And uh, this may be very old, but uh, it just came to my attention this week. There's this sheep that was stuck in a narrow ditch on the side of a road. If you can imagine, just a very narrow ditch and this sheep stuck in there. All you can see is the white top of, uh, of its fur. And, and so this, this boy in the video is pulling this sheep out by its leg out of the ditch. So we see this boy pulling this helpless sheep out of the ditch by, by its leg. And so finally... The boy pulls this sheep to safety. It's free. And what does the sheep do? It starts to run. It starts to run. It's free. It's no longer trapped. And what does it do? It, it leaps it high up into the air, right back into the ditch. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I've made my share of mistakes. When I look back through the years, and though I've learned and I've grown a great deal, the truth of the matter is I still make mistakes. You see, everything in this world is broken because of sin, and this is why we see death, why we go through pain and suffering. It's why we fight with one another. It's why there's wars and destruction. But here's the worst part about sin. The worst part about sin is that it leaves us longing for the very thing, the very person that we were created to be with. The only one who can satisfy the longing of our soul. He is God. Sin separates us from God. Sin messes everything up. And, and so this is why the prophet Isaiah, if you look at Isaiah chapter 53, verse 6, compares all of us to sheep. And I'm not calling you dumb. Please don't accuse me of that. I'm just pointing to what the Bible says. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him 
the iniquity of us all. You see, we've all made mistakes. We all fall short of God's perfect standard. We all have sinned, and we have all lost our way apart from Jesus. And so I ask you, friends, brothers and sisters, what about you? Have you lost your way? I can only imagine what this past, these past almost two years, what they've been like for all of you. But I share this uh, as reality. This past year, I've gotten lots of messages, lots of questions about these two topics, politics and COVID-19. Questions, comments, opinions about all kinds of things, about these two topics, uh, opinions about, about masks, about wearing masks, about not wearing masks, about masks being from Satan, about masks being a gift from God, about masks being a sign of love, or masks being a mark of the beast, or masks that they save, or, or how masks destroy. And I haven't received nearly as many messages about winning lost souls. I haven't received nearly as many messages talking about how we can accomplish the mission that God invited us to be a part of, to seek and to save the lost. I've heard a lot of talk about politics, and I've seen a lot of people draw lines in the sand in regards to their opinions and preferences, quick to share how they are right and everyone else is wrong. Yet I haven't heard nearly as many stories from brothers and sisters sharing the good news of Jesus Christ and standing firm upon the promises of God in the midst of struggle. You see, when we are lost, what do we do? Oftentimes we panic, we fear, we position, we posture, we try so hard to dig ourselves out and to find our own way. But here's the thing about being lost. We're lost for a reason. We're going the wrong way. and We don't know where to go. When we are lost, we lose our way. And here's the second thing. Like a lost coin. When we're lost, when I'm lost, I lose my perspective. You see, in Luke chapter 15, verses 8 through 11, Jesus told a story of a woman who lost a great deal of money. And it's represented as, as one silver coin. But to her, that was like a whole day's wages or more. And she searched everywhere, high and low, brought out the brooms, looked under the couch, or looked under the rug, or whatever they had. She looked everywhere, and she found it. And what did she do after she found it? She threw a party. She rejoiced. We see that in the story of the lost sheep and in the story of the lost coin, Jesus is doing what? He's revealing the sinful hearts of the religious leaders. As the religious leaders were pointing at everyone else that Jesus was spending time with and saying, how could you hang out with those guys? Jesus was saying, look at you. You are no different. See, to those Pharisees and tax collectors going after a lost sheep and searching for a great deal of money lost would be a logical thing to do, wouldn't it? But what they failed to see is that they are the ones who are lost. And Jesus is the good shepherd. Jesus is like that woman searching to find that coin. Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. Jesus came to seek and to save you and to save me. You see, 
they had lost their perspective. They had lost their proper perspective. They were so focused on their man-made laws, their version of following God, their reputation, their power, their self-proclaimed righteousness. I don't know, when you, when you guys study the Bible and you read about these instances where, where people just are totally missing the point and forgetting about who God is and what he's done, have you ever wondered how on earth these people could possibly not believe that Jesus is for real? I mean, all of you here, right, all of us believe that Jesus, that God, that Jesus is God's son, that he died on the cross, that he rose from the dead to save us, right? All of us believe that. We can read the Bible and we can come to this conclusion, but how could these men, these women, how could these Pharisees, these teachers of the law, not believe in him? I say that sarcastically. There's something that we need to understand about ourselves as humans. What we believe determines how we think. What you believe, what you value in this life, what you believe determines how you think, and how you think obviously determines how you live. You see, their hearts were hardened. Their eyes were blinded by their sin. Their sin led them to be prideful, to believe so much in their own way that they would reject Jesus, who is the only way, the only truth, and the only life. And not only that, but they wanted to kill him. When we are lost, we lose proper perspective. And Paul, the Apostle Paul, knows this aspect of our brokenness and encourages the church in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, and he writes this. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as, living, as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. How many of you here today, how many of you listening and watching today need a change of perspective? How many of you here today are wrestling with fear, wrestling with anger, searching for significance or something to satisfy this longing that is in your heart? How many of you are tired of running the rat race or keeping up with the Joneses or the Wongs or the Yees or the Tangs? Are you tired of worrying about your safety and comfort and security? I want to tell you today that Jesus is here. Hope is here. We need a renewing of our minds. We need a transformation of the heart. What else do I lose when I'm lost? The third thing is this. When I'm lost, I lose my sense of identity. You see, when you look at the story of the lost son, we, we see the son, what did he do? He demanded his in inheritance early. And what is that like? If, if we think back into that context and that time, this is like saying to your father, I wish you were dead so that I can have your money. And what does he do? He wastes it all on reckless living. And then a famine comes, and, and he's starving, and he's poor, and he goes, and he, he becomes a laborer doing what? Feeding pigs, of all things. The dirtiest animal. He's feeding the pigs, and he's so hungry that he longs to eat what they are eating. And it's at his lowest point that he comes to his senses and he decides to do what? He decides to go back to his father. 
So there's something here I want to point out to you. There's something here in this parable that I know you guys have read it and studied it so many times, but I don't want you to forget this. As you look and you think about the lost son and what he did, consider this. In his sin, in his brokenness, and in his pain, this son, he loses sight of not only who he is, but this son loses sight of who his father is. He loses sight of who his father is. And you look at this, and I apologize for the typo on the outline. That should say Luke chapter 15, verse 21. And I want to read it to you. You look at verse 21 again, and it says this, The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. You see, the truth is what? The truth is that his identity as a son is not dependent on what he does or doesn't do. He will always be the son of his father. And some of you here today, some of you listening and watching online, you may have lost sight of who you are, and maybe some of you have lost sight of who God is and who God has created you to be in Jesus Christ. Some of you have lost sight of how perfect and how wonderful of a heavenly father you have. And when we put our faith in Jesus Christ as Lord, we need to understand and we, we need to know. I want you to know, dear friends, today, when you put your faith in Jesus as your Lord, as your Savior, you can know beyond the shadow of a doubt that you are forgiven for the rest of forever, that you are saved for the rest of eternity, that you have been adopted into God's family, that you are his son, you are his daughter, that you have a purpose, and he has plans for your future. And not only that, but I want you to know this about God. God loves you unconditionally. It's not about what you've done, you've done or what you can do or what you can't do. He loves you. He chooses to love you. He sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross so that you can have eternal life. His grace is more than enough for you. His mercies are new every morning. And Jesus is going to come back one day to take you home. How many of you today have an identity crisis? How many of you need to refocus back on who God really is, who Jesus really is and what he's done for you? How many of you recognize today that you are lost, that we are lost without Jesus? We are hopeless without Jesus. But see, here's the thing, there is hope. Jesus came and hope is here. And because Jesus came on Christmas, everything changed, right? Luke chapter 2, but an angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. You see, I, I just shared with you what, what we lose without Jesus. When we're lost, these are the things that we lose. But I want you to consider now that Jesus has come, because Jesus is here, to look at what we gain. The first thing is this, just like a shepherd going after his lost sheep, Jesus came to save you. Our sins separated us from God, but Jesus came to bridge that gap, to bridge that divide, to make a way for us to be back with our Heavenly Father. And what do we have to do? All we have to do is to trust him. 
to put our faith in him, to confess him as our Lord, as our Savior, and to believe what he said and to believe in what he has done on the cross through his death and his resurrection. And to know this, the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. And so I ask you, dear friends, do you have the blessed assurance that no matter what happens on this earth, you will be in heaven with God for the rest of forever, and God will be with you. And all you have to do is acknowledge your sin, turn to him, and confess Jesus as your Lord right now. You can be sure of this one thing, this one thing, that your salvation, your eternity, your future is secure, even in the midst of this world that is full of uncertainty. What else can you gain because Jesus came? Well, like a woman searching for her lost coin, Jesus came to give you joy. Jesus came to save you, and Jesus came to give you joy. The woman lost the coin and found it, and what did she do? She, she rejoiced. And I ask you today, do you have joy? Apart from a relationship with Jesus, we're going to look to every temporary thing. And I'll tell you this, every temporary thing in this world will never satisfy you. It will never provide you with joy. And I know full well, friends, every day brings about its share of uncertainty and suffering. But here's the reality. We don't have to be tossed by every opinion, by everyone. We don't have to be turned by every struggle and every difficulty that comes our way. We don't have to panic in the midst of a pandemic. Joy is not dependent on circumstances. Joy is something that's internal. It's found through a relationship in Jesus Christ when we trust him, when we choose to follow him, when we believe his words instead of the world's. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 8 through 9, it says, Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. There is no joy apart from Jesus, and there is no hope apart from Jesus. Because when we look at this third parable, just like the father that ran out to embrace his son who came home, Jesus came to give you hope. You see, the lost son didn't recognize, he recognized his sin and he came back to the father. But what he didn't realize is that the father loved him unconditionally, that the father had forgiven him, and that the father was longing for the day that the son would come back. Dear friends, God knows your deepest hurts. God knows your struggles. He cares about you. He loves you more than you will ever know. Jesus came to save you, to give you new life, everlasting life. And because Jesus came, you can know beyond the shadow of a doubt that hope is here. You and I can have hope every day. You see, in the prophet Isaiah, he said this, about, about those who hope in the Lord. In Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. 
You see, one more quote that actually I became aware of as a teenager and something that I never forgot. It was back in 1994. The late Chuck Colson, author, attorney, he stated the following. He said, where's the hope? I mean, millions of people who feel demoralized by the decay around us. The hope that each of us has is, is not in who governs us or what laws we pass or what great things we do as a nation. Our hope is in the power of God working through the hearts of his people. And that's where our hope is in this country, and that's where our hope is in this life. You see, maybe today you recognize that you are apart from Jesus and you are lost. Maybe today you feel lost and you don't know where to turn. But I want you to know, dear friends, there is hope and you can turn to Jesus. You can turn to Jesus today by simply trusting him and crying out to him. Say, Jesus, I need your help. I need you to save me. I want to follow you. I want you to be my Lord. Dear friend, will you turn to Jesus today? Dear brother and sister in Christ, will you trust Jesus today? Let's pray. Heavenly Father God, we praise you. Thank you so much for giving us hope. God, you know, you told us that in this world we will have trouble. In this world there's going to be struggles, but we can take courage because we know that you have overcome the world. And so God, I pray that we would not be afraid. I pray, God, that we would learn how to love like you in the midst of difficulty, in the midst of uncertainty. And yet, God, that you would also open our eyes and our hearts to know your perfect, unconditional, sacrificial love. That we would know you as Lord and Savior, that we would give our lives to live for you, that we would follow you all the way to heaven. And God, I pray that we would tell the world to tell the world for the reason of the hope that we have in Jesus Christ, that one more person would be saved. God, would you strengthen us? Would you encourage us? And God, may we not give up until all the world is saved. God, we praise you and we thank you. We pray this in Jesus' name. If you were encouraged by today's message, be sure to follow us on Spotify and hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you stream your podcast. To listen to other sermons and watch our live gatherings, visit us online at nwcbc.org. We look forward to see the difference God will make in your life. Thank you for listening to Northwest Chinese Baptist Church Podcast.